I like having good fellowship, amen? If you don't know me, I'm Pastor Mike Sainz, the lead pastor here at Harvard. I'm delighted to see you. I wanted so badly to be here for the kickoff of Unshakable Life Groups, the group itself on Wednesday night, and the Harbor Leadership Academy. And so Kelly and I, since her mother passed, um, you know, the Sunday, or the Monday of the Guatemala trip, we have been on the road. We spent two days at my sister's, two days at Pine Mountain, two days in Dothan, uh, two days back home, two days in Cleveland, Tennessee, two days in Sevierville, two days home, and now tomorrow, two days in Tifton, and hopefully travel will be over until January. Amen? <clears throat> but nonetheless, it's been a very, very, very busy time, but nonetheless, a very, very fulfilling time. So while I, let me say the Leadership Academy, I am stoked about the Leadership Academy. And my hat's off to uh, our executive pastor, Brother Josh Cribs, for for just manning up. <laughs> when I handed him the book and said, I'm sorry, I ain't going to be here. But uh, anyway, uh, that's what happens in ministry sometime and for taking care of things. And Sister D. Mitchell uh, for stepping up for our life group. And uh, we're excited about it. Hey, if you hadn't got your unshakable book yet, you need to do that. Today we're going to be talking about lack of purpose. And uh, I'll be answering the question, why do I live? Why do I exist? So uh, you need to get that book. You can get it at the Connection Center, and uh, we'll be glad to hook you up with that. Life groups happening all over the county, uh, but particularly mine is on Wednesday nights here at 7 o'clock. I teach in the Leadership Academy from 6.37, and then coming right here, deal with the life group for the next hour and a half. We're going to have a great time. It's not too late to jump in, so you can sign up in, you know, in person back there. You can sign up online. There's all kinds of ways. Let me give you a quick skinny about uh, my trip to Cleveland and why I was not able to be here. I had a rare opportunity. Some of you know Bishop Ray Garner. He was our state overseer for a number of years. He preached our pastor appreciation day a few weeks back. He is personal friends with Dr. Perry Stone, who um, you've probably seen manifest ministries all, all over the world. Uh, tremendous opportunity. And um, anyway, I'm working on something for next year. He was able to get a meeting, so Kelly and I was able to sit down and meet with him for about an hour. Uh, him and Sister Garner, brother and sister Garner, and uh, Perry Stone, and his, one of his pastors and executive director, and just had a wonderful time. And I'm working on something. I, don't really, I can't really unveil it because I don't know the, the facts of it. But I'm hoping and praying that in 2019 to be able to get Perry Stone here uh, to Camden County. And uh, as you know, like right now, he leaves next week, and he goes to Israel for a month carrying 500 people to Israel. He teaches from there every November, the entire month of November. So um, they're doing some incredible things. Uh, he just bought the T.L. Lowry Center, uh, opened a cutting-edge school, college, uh, in seven months, already enrolled 1,600 students. Uh, just an incredible move of God. And so if you haven't seen Manifest, check him out on, on uh, satellite or uh, your, I don't know if it's local or whatever, but you can get it. And uh, Perry Stone Ministries, the voice of evangelism. And so anyway, uh, enough about that. Thank you for your prayers for, for Kelly and for myself and for the life groups and, and HLA and all that's going on. The, didn't the praise team do a wonderful job this morning? Amen. <clears throat> And they had, they had vocal training this past Saturday, just a, a tremendous time. And, you know, I thought we sounded good till we brought in this pro and he told us where we was all messing up. And I said, first of all, I don't sing. I'm just a preacher. So it don't matter if I miss a note every now and then. So talk to them, right? 
Uh, so anyway, uh, Sister Christy asked back there in, uh, in the green room, was he going to come back next week and talk to bass players? So <laughs> anyway, but it's all to make us better. And so we're so excited. And by the way, I just want to tell you real quick, I got a friend of mine. Some of you know uh, Mwila Nande. He is a friend of mine, a young protege in Zambia, Africa, launched his church last month, has already led five gay people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello? Um, had a wonderful conversation, and every now and then we do some uh, FaceTime back and forth, and uh, your church sent him a satchel of all kinds of materials and everything to help launch his church, and we're going to send some financial support later this month, and just believe God to do a tremendous work in Zambia, Africa. And uh, I was there in April, and so I just thought I'd give you a little quick heads up. So just pray for, uh, for him, if you will. His name is Mwila. Uh, and so anyway, uh, today I want to talk with you about being unshakable. The whole premise of this book is that storms are coming. Jesus said in this life, there's going to be trouble. Hello? In this life, there's going to be trouble. And somebody sold you a bill of goods if you think, well, I got saved and there, my troubles are all washed away and I'm never going to... No, your sins were all washed away. Hello? But trouble's on the way. Now, and I say, oh man, that's why I want to get out of trouble. Well, here's the thing. We serve a Lord and a Savior, Jesus Christ, that can walk through trouble with us. Storms are coming. And the premise of this book is it doesn't matter what storm comes, you can remain unshakable if you're on the right foundation. I watched a video the other day of a friend of mine who weathered Hurricane Michael. And storm winds came above 155, 160 miles an hour. And I watched palm trees outside her window bend all the way over and touch the ground. And when the storm passed on by, they stood right back up while houses and businesses were wiped off their foundation. That palm tree stayed right there because it was rooted down deep. You can weather any storm as long as you're on the right foundation. I don't care if it's a financial storm, if it's a marital storm, if it's a business storm. Uh, whatever it is, you can, you can weather that if you're on the right foundation. Now, the, the storm we will talk about today is the lack of purpose and the meaning of life. There are those who are just ambling through life. And let me ask you this. Have you ever wondered why you exist I know there's people that, from the time they came from their mother's womb, they had a plan. They knew, I'm going to learn to walk. I'm going to learn to talk. I'm going to go to grade school, middle school, high school, graduate. I'm going to college, and then I'm going to grad school, and then I'm going to be a lawyer. And they did it. I mean, it just mapped out, and it's like, man, they were the golden boy. I mean, they just did it. And then there's the rest of us. Y'all with me? It didn't happen quite that easy. I saw somebody put a Facebook meme up of a principal's office and said, have you ever been there? And I thought, I didn't know if there was any other place. <laughs> I was there so much, I, I didn't want enough room at the bottom of that to write all the times. Are you with me? I, I, I got paddles probably that they wore out on my backside. But, but I'm saying I didn't have it all mapped out quite like that. Perhaps you had a dream years ago about your future, but somehow life and what you dreamed don't look nothing like what you're living. You had that one time, but to be truthful, that dream has become more of a distant memory 
In other words, there's a great discrepancy between your dream and your reality. Down deep in your heart and soul, you know there's more. You know there's got to be something bigger, something deeper, something that really matters. And not just in the moment and not just for my lifetime, but there's got to be some reason I'm here for eternity. Because the Bible says God has put eternity in each of us. When God breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, the Bible said man became a living soul. So I'm telling you, there is a difference that can be made once we realize that which we were born for. Now, the devil would want you to stay in a fog and in a haze so that you don't know why you exist on this planet, that you stay in obscurity somewhere. But the the truth of the matter is you probably had a thought or a dream. Maybe it was a prophecy. Maybe it was uh, some idea. But roadblocks and detours and all the dust that's been kicked up has somehow obscured that dream and relegated it to nothing more than a fond memory that once consumed you. Once you had your mind so made up that this is who I am and this is what I will be and this is God's will for me, but those days are gone. And you can barely see that that you used to could quote. Today I want to talk about this storm of purpose, or should I say the lack thereof, And it's not that you don't have any purpose because every one of us has a purpose, but it's perhaps that you've not yet discovered that purpose. So here's what's so important for you to know. Every person on this earth has a reason why they exist. Everybody has a purpose. You were not born just to be born. You were not born. And I know someone said, well, I'm the product of incest. incest. I'm the product of rape. Let me just say this to you. When the sperm meets the egg, it happens all the time. There's not necessarily going to be life born. God is the giver of life. And when life is formed and and life is created, there is indeed a purpose. When God formed man and woman in the imago Dei, the image of God, we're made in God's image. That means we're more like God than anything else. He didn't cause us to form, to be formed and favor uh, an animal. He didn't cause us to be formed and favor this or that. He said, we are born in the likeness and in the similitude and in the image of God. That's why there's an innate, a built-in desire to worship something. Amen? So let me make sense of this. Everybody's born for a reason. Thomas Edison, one of the reasons was that he invented a filament that would burn a light bulb. For Alexander Graham Bell, uh, it was a telephone. Now, it wasn't the kind y'all know today. In fact, I saw some teenagers, I was laughing because they didn't even know how to work a rotary dial phone. I had no idea what it was. Then there was Benjamin Franklin and, you know, the electricity and all that stuff that you and I so enjoy. And then Moses, he was born and uh, I believe God raised him up. His name means drawn out. He was drawn out of the Nile River, but he raised him up to be a deliverer to draw Israel out of Egypt. And then Joshua was raised up to take the reins of leadership after Moses. And then Jonah was raised up to carry the gospel to Nineveh and show the whole world that even though he hated Nineveh, that God loved people no matter where they were from, no matter what tribe or tongue or or any of these things. And then there was Samuel who grew up to be the judge and the priest and the, uh, the, 
the prophet of Israel. And then there was Esther who was born to save the Jewish people. And then David to succeed Saul and become the greatest king and turn Israel's heart back to God. And then there was Mary to give birth to the Messiah. And of course, at the beginning, there was Eve to give birth to all humankind, if you will. And John the Baptist to prepare the way of the Lord and make straight his paths. And then there was Peter who would walk beside the Lord, deny the Lord, and yet be appointed to be the pastor of the Jerusalem church and turn the world upside down with these few ragtag preachers. And then there was Paul that would carry the gospel to distant lands and write a third of the New Testament. You see, everybody has a purpose. I always wanted, I I mean, I didn't know, but from time that I can remember, my earliest days, I always felt like I would preach the gospel. I don't know. It was, it was built in. Maybe it was because dad was a preacher. I don't know. But I always felt that way. And I, you know, I, I tried to learn the Bible. I tried to study the Bible. And, you know, uh, I remember being prophesied over. And I remember God raising me up to be a leader before I knew anything about leadership. He put me in the paths of great men like Billy Ray Dawson and uh, Bonnie Darrell Glass and some wonderful preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, you know, I ran from the call of God all my life, although in my heart I knew it was there from an early age. I graduated high school. I got married 28 days later. Uh, uh, six months later, I took Kelly to work and then joined the Air Force. I ain't talking about went down and talked to a recruiter and thought about it, and, you know, and said, honey, how you feel? No, I'm talking about I joined, signed up, uh, did the ASVAB and said, my departure date is this. I'm not recommending that. I'm just saying that's what I did. And then I found myself after all of that 1,500 miles from home in San Antonio, Texas at Lackland Air Force Base reading the Bible by the light of an exit sign in the 3723rd Basic Military Training Squadron. And God began to deal with me about what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And, you know, uh, at the young age of 18 years old, what am I going to do? with the rest of my life. And I began reading my Bible from cover to cover. I remember getting assigned to Moody Air Force Base and uh, I was there and you know God just dealing with me so strong about uh, the call on my life and although I was acting oblivious to it in one night uh, reading the Bible just, just going from Genesis to Revelation just reading through there. And I'm going to tell you Leviticus some hard reading. The Levitical law. So I got through Genesis. I got through uh, Exodus. I'm into Leviticus. And man, I, I was really kind of bored with all the law there. And so I just laid down face down on the living room floor and I began to cry out to God. As I began to cry out to God, there's just a weeping hit me. I mean, I just wept like a baby, just cried like a baby. And while I'm crying and praying, Kelly's already in the bed. We didn't have no children. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, you're never going to be happy in your life until you do what I have called you to do. In other words, the purpose that I, that you were born 18 years ago, I said, Lord, you know, what is that? Is it like I'm, I'm toying with that? And the Lord says, you know what it is. I have called you to preach the gospel. Turn to Jeremiah chapter four. I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to go to Jeremiah four. So I opened my Bible up. And as I thumbed through the Bible, I didn't know what Jeremiah chapter four said, but I told God on my way there, I said, Lord, if that don't say something about preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'll never entertain that thought again the longest day I live. 
As I turned there in my Bible, he said, I knew you, Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before, I set you, b- before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. The Lord replied, don't say that I'm too young, for you must go to wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. Don't be afraid of the people, for I am with you to protect you. And I, the Lord, have spoken. And then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, look, I have put my words in your mouth. And I knew that day, laying on that floor right there in Valdosta, Georgia, that God had shown me the purpose for which I lived. And that all of my life, I would preach the gospel. He so confirmed it to me that day. Way in the night, got up and run and told Kelly. I woke her up, actually. She wasn't real impressed because... uh, she was ready to do this a, a year or two earlier, and I, I just didn't do it. But uh, finally, I quit running. I found that for which I was born. Everybody has got a purpose. So it's important to understand that because Satan would want you to think you're good for nothing. Satan would want you to think that there's no, that there's no rhyme or reason for your existence and that you have no purpose in this life. Nothing could be further from the truth. John 8 and 44 says that Satan is a liar and the father of lies. God has a plan for your life according to Jeremiah 29 11. He said, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God does have a plan for you. And it is a lie of the devil to think that you don't have a reason for your existence. And that you are uh, of no account. And that you're worth, listen, God does not make any trash. I've done stupid things in my life. I've done some things I wish I could take back. But I'm going to tell you something. God is never sorry that he created you. You might have upset him. You might have made him mad. I've done that to my own dad a time or two. But I'll tell you right now, he loves me more than anything. Listen, Psalm 32 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. John 15 and 16 says, you didn't choose him, but he chose you. That you should go forth and that your fruit, that you would bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. You see, every one of us have something to do in the kingdom of God. So I want you to find your purpose and walk in. I got a brief video. I want you to see this video before I come back and tie this up. Uh, Check it out. What is the meaning of life? So many people have never stopped to consider this important question. They look back years later to wonder why their relationships have fallen apart and why they feel so empty, even though they may have achieved what they set out to accomplish. Many goals reveal their emptiness only after years have been wasted in their pursuit. The author of the biblical book Ecclesiastes describes this feeling when he says, Meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. Ecclesiastes 1-2. King Solomon, the writer of Ecclesiastes, had wealth beyond measure, wisdom beyond any man of his time or ours, hundreds of women, palaces and gardens that were the envy of kingdoms, the best food and wine, and every form of entertainment available. He summed up life under the sun, life lived as though all there is to life is what we can see with our eyes and experience with our senses, is meaningless. Why is there such a void? Because God created us for something beyond what we can experience in the here and now. Solomon said of God, He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. 
Ecclesiastes 3.11. In our hearts, we are aware that the here and now is not all there is. In Genesis, the first book of the Bible, we find that God created man in his image. Genesis 1.26. This means that we are more like God than we are like anything else, any other life form. We also find that before mankind fell into sin and the curse of sin came upon the earth, the following things were true. 1. God made man a social creature. Genesis 2, 18-25. 2. God gave man work. Genesis 2, 15. 3. God had fellowship with man. Genesis 3, 8. And 4. God gave man dominion over the earth. Genesis 1, 26. What is the significance of these things? God intended for each of these to add to our fulfillment in life. But all of these, especially man's fellowship with God, were adversely affected by man's fall into sin and the resulting curse upon the earth. Genesis 3. In Revelation, the last book of the Bible, God reveals that he will destroy the present earth and heavens and usher in the eternal state by creating a new heaven and a new earth. At that time, he will restore full fellowship with redeemed mankind, while the unredeemed will have been judged unworthy and cast into the lake of fire. Revelation 20, 11 through 15. The curse of sin will be done away with. There will be no more sin, sorrow, sickness, death, or pain. Revelation 21.4 God will dwell with them, and they shall be his sons. Revelation 21.7 Thus we come full circle. God created us to have fellowship with him. Man sinned, breaking that fellowship. God restores that fellowship fully in the eternal state. To go through life achieving everything, only to die separated from God for eternity, would be worse than futile. But God has made a way not only to make eternal bliss possible, Luke 23, 43, but also life on earth satisfying and meaningful. How is this eternal bliss and heaven on earth obtained? Real meaning in life, both now and in eternity, is found in the restoration of the relationship with God that was lost with Adam and Eve's fall into sin. That relationship with God is only possible through His Son, Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12, John 1.12, and 14.6. Eternal life is gained when we repent of our sin, no longer wanting to continue in it, and Christ changes us, making us new creations, and we rely on Jesus Christ as Savior. We can continue to seek to guide our own lives, which results in emptiness, or we can choose to pursue God and His will for our lives with a whole heart, which will result in living life to the full, having the desires of our hearts met, and finding contentment and satisfaction. This is so because our Creator loves us and desires the best for us, not necessarily the easiest life, but the most fulfilling. How many want to live on purpose for Jesus Christ? I want to live on purpose. You see, have you found the purpose for which you were born? Or are you just ambling through life, just living for the moment? You see, it's important to know your purpose because when we find that purpose, we find meaning. We find direction and we find fulfillment. See, you're never going to experience how to live life truly without knowing the purpose for which you were born. <clears throat> Thousands of people are living, dying each day. But there are many that don't even know why they existed while they were here. Or what they were supposed to accomplish. It's depressing to, to not have a vision of purpose. Some people are trying to find purpose just in this life. In other words, what will make this life better? Maybe it's electricity. Maybe it's a telephone. Maybe it's a, a tool. Maybe it's a, a house or a farm. But that's just this life. 
God has put eternity in us. And eternity is beyond just this life. This life is short. Job said it's like, you know, a weaver's shuttle. It's, it's very fast. James said it's like a vapor that appears for a while and then it goes away. It's like the flowers that they're here and then tomorrow they're gone. At the end of the day, there's a spiritual void in our hearts that will never be filled with worldly pursuits. Oh, it's great to have a degree. It's great to invent something. It's great to be an entrepreneur. Oh, that's wonderful. But what has God put in your heart for eternity? Because at the end of the day, when I stand before him, I mean, what if I had a Heisman Trophy? What if I had a Super Bowl trophy? What, what if I had national championships? I mean, just like Alabama. What if I had everything that this life could give me, but I had nothing beyond this life? You know, the Bible says, he that wins souls is wise. Because when we're doing something that lasts beyond this life, I want to tell you something. God has a purpose for every one of us and I'm not saying that we live devoid of thinking about this life and, and any of it. I'm not saying that. I'm not asking you to be so heavenly minded that you're no, no earthly good. But I am telling you what the Bible says to lay up treasure in heaven. But think about the things that we're doing for the Lord that last beyond the grave. I like to think, and I know, that I'm making an eternal difference not just a temporary difference. So, let me help you understand that. Life without God is meaningless. Life without God is a life without real purpose. I could show you people that have won the trophies. I could, I, I could read you testimonies of men or women that had made so much money that it don't even impress them no more. And there's still an emptiness right here. They still lay their head on their pillow and cry at night because they, they just don't feel like they have no meaning in life. Got all kind of money, got all kind of relationships and this and that and the other, but they're still missing something. And I, what, remember what I told you we're made in the image of? We're more like God than anything else. And if that segment is missing, I don't care what fortune you have amassed, I don't care how many trophies you have won, there's always something that is just not there. Something in life just still don't feel right. You know why? Because you're out of the touch with the one that you're created most like. You're out of touch with the one that formed you and fashioned you and said we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So... When you live on purpose, you're making a difference. I want to show you, I, I, here's a good illustration. When you're not living on purpose, it's kind of like this. So, some of you know, I, I just bought a new truck and I really like that thing. I mean, it's pretty sweet. Took it on this trip. I get aggravated at the GPS because it don't listen to me the way I called Siri, Little Kelly. But uh, Little Kelly can find anything. But I ain't really learned to talk to that one quite as well and she don't understand me the way Little Kelly does. But so I get a little frustrated, but here's the thing. It's got a beautiful map displaying all this stuff. And it'll show you right where you are. And you're, you know, you're running along, tooling along. You see the roads coming and all this stuff. 
And living life without purpose, without purpose is like driving down the road. I don't care what vehicle it is, but there's that beautiful display and the map's going by and here's the road and there's the highway and another highway and you're just going along. And that map will show you that all day long. It'll it'll just stay as long as there's power. But then there is a little description that pops up. It says, add destination. If I click that and I add that destination, like for instance, I left Sevierville, Tennessee, I believe it was yesterday, no day before. Um, And I put Kingsland, Georgia. All of a sudden, there's purpose now to this map. All of a sudden, it's not just showing me, you know, well, this is just kind of where you are. It's showing me where I'm going and how long until I get there. And if I get off, it'll say, you need to turn left and and get back on, make a U-turn, do this. So I want you to live a life on purpose. You got to figure out that purpose for which you were born. God created you, and he did not create any junk, and you are valuable to him. Hey, let me say this. You are more valuable than anything else. We are the apple of his eye, the apex of his creation. That's where we're at. So I want you to stand with me, if you will. I want you to live with purpose. I want you to think about destination. Matthew 16, 26 said, And what do we benefit if we would gain the whole world and lose our own soul? So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many championships you've won. It doesn't matter how many trophies I've got. How many letters of commendation. and It doesn't matter all of the accolades that people have said. Oh, you you built the harbor. You you did this. You did that. All of these things. Nothing matters if I lose out in the end. He said, what has a man profited if he gained the whole world? If I had trophies as far back and as far up as you could see. And I had all kind of reputations and I had all kind of accolades and everybody just loved on me. And, you know, I was the most popular guy in, you know, the church or or in the town. But I lost my own soul. What good is all of that? Riches can't save me. Reputation can't save me. The only way I can find the meaning of life is to be somehow tied to my Creator. He was made in His image. I want to ask you now, who wants to know purpose? Who wants to know the purpose for you? You might know it. I don't know. I don't know that you don't. God may have called you to be a nurse, a principal, a teacher. I don't know. And let me just say this. For some of you moms out there that are stay-at-home moms, you are sometimes inclined to say, and I've heard teachers say this too. They say, well, I'm just a teacher. No, 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 no. You are molding and forming and shaping the lives of little minds. You have an indelible mark on them forever. I can name most all of my teachers from the earliest, my kindergarten teacher, Miss Land. Are y'all with me? Uh, Miss Ford, Miss Majors, Miss Tanner, Miss McKean. Are y'all with me? Miss Harrell. I remember these. Why? Because they made a mark on my life. 
And maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. You say, well, you know, all I can do is stay home and raise kids. There ain't nothing wrong with that. You're putting your values and you're instilling your life in them. Nothing wrong with it at all. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know my purpose. I don't know that for which I've been born. I've tried my hand at this. I've tried that. I've tried the other. But I just keep coming up empty. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to ask you, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I really want God to show me my purpose. Let me see your hand. Come on, don't be ashamed. number of hands have gone up. I, God, I, I want you to show me my purpose. I'm not saying that you're going to change careers, although you might. I don't know what God's got in store for you. But the deal is this, Lord, I want to do whatever it is that you want me to do to make a kingdom difference. So if you're here right now and you say, Lord, I want to know my purpose. I'm praying for you right now. Father, for those hands that have gone up right now that says, Lord, I want to know my purpose. I want more than trophies. I want more than job security. I want more than amassing a fortune. I want more than just economic stability and financial security. God, I want to fulfill the purpose for which You created me. And and the reason that I was born, I want to walk in my destiny. I'm made in your image to make a difference on this earth that you spoke into existence. And Lord, if you'll show me that purpose, I'll actively pursue it with everything in me. I'll pursue that purpose for which I was born, that for which I was called. I'm going to ask you right now, if you would, if you're, if you're struggling with that purpose, that you commit to yourself and to the Lord, I'm going to pray every day. And I'm going to ask God to reveal my purpose, whatever it is. I'll tell you this, it's beyond this lifetime. I'll tell you this, it, it, it's, it's tied to more than just money. It's tied to more than just the next year or two. But there's a purpose that God has for every one of us. And I believe God's going to show it to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, across this room right now, reveal to us the purpose for which we live. The why behind the what. Lord, I know we we were created, but what for? I know we're created to worship. I understand that. But as we worship you, what is it, God, that you want us to do that's going to make a difference in eternity? So, Lord, may we come upon that. May we discover that. God, may you reveal that to us today. And, Lord, more importantly, may we be receptive to what you show us. May we be receptive because when Gideon found out he was born to deliver Israel from the hand of the Midianites, it scared him to death. When Moses found out he was to deliver Israel from Egypt, it scared him to death. He began to make excuses. But Lord, help us to be like David. One of the things David did was to kill Goliath. And while lots of times many of us When we hear a giant taunting and uh, 
you know, just threatening. It scares us. It didn't scare David at all. He was much smaller, but he knew his God. He jumped in immediately and said, I'll fight him. I'll go today. I don't need to go. It don't have to be in a week or something. I'll go right now. Lord, give us that kind of poise. Give us that kind of determination that we know in whom we believed. And we're willing to go right now. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Give the Lord praise as our host comes.